what would it look like if the work that you were doing and the great results that you were getting for specific patients um, and communities of color could actually happen in multiple spaces and have that multiplier effect? How does that make you feel? Does it make you feel really great? Um, If so, then I do want you to start thinking about, you know, how how is this solution related to my master plan or my vision? Because I do think that it's important for us to make sure that, as I alluded to in our last podcast episode, that you're doing your extraordinary work, right? And that the work that you're spending that time on is really potentially work that you want to be known for, work that you want to really get very deep in. You're listening to the Melanin and Medicine Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Molara thomas Uemedio, community health justice consultant, social entrepreneurship coach, and founder of two multi-six-figure social enterprises. Here, my guests and I discuss our journeys inside and outside of traditional healthcare systems and how we're building, funding, and growing justice-centered health innovations and enterprises. We'll share lessons learned as mission-driven women who are dismantling the status quo and rebuilding a more just and equitable healthcare system. So if you're tired of the injustice in healthcare, but ready to talk about action and solutions, especially BIPOC women-led ones, you're in the right place. I hope you get inspired, get a plan, and get to work. Welcome to the Sisterhood. Hello, and welcome back to the Melanin and Medicine Podcast. It's Dr. O here, and I'm excited about this week. I hope you all are well. We are fresh and like fluid in this, you know, Black History Month. I'm super excited, although here at Melanin Medicine, it's always Black History, each month is Black History Month. Super excited to be here with you all today. Um, Today we, you know, I really wanted to talk a bit about visibility. Um, And I know in the social media world, in this world where there's a lot of talking heads and different people that a lot of times visibility tends to seem, you know, like something, ooh, how can I be, you know, more out there? How can I have more people talking about me? And I I wanted to center around visibility because I believe that specifically as women of color, a lot of us are not um, showing up because m- many times I know in medicine for me, it was indoctrinated in me to kind of not make waves. Like you, you weren't sure how anything you did would be perceived. So you just tried to blend in. Um, And I I see that changing a lot more. I see more of us becoming more vocal, saying what we feel, showing up the way we want to. And I think that's because those of us who have realized that method didn't work well um, are trying to make sure that we're as vocal about, please don't do this. Please like be who you need to be. And um, you know, and, and really just try to find the environment that's going to fit you. And so I want to talk about visibility because I think it's something that as we think about health equity and making sure that our work is really powerful, that, um, putting your head down and just doing the work is great for the people who 
have the benefit of maybe that first pilot work or maybe in the locality. But I know that many of you who are listening want to really have reach and impact and really want to have your ideas and solutions extend. And so I did want to make sure we talked about how can I increase my visibility and not feel like out of out of the box. I will tell you as an introvert that like this is one of the hardest things for me, even coming on this podcast each week, even though I know and I get so much love from many of you about how you listen to this podcast. So I'm super grateful for that. But I just want you to know this, you know, this is not like my general <laughs> um, space of like, yes, this is what I have always wanted to do, but I really feel like it's a great way to increase visibility and get the ideas that I think are really important in the health equity space. So before we do that, I do have to tell you about two things. One, we are going to do hot topics, so I will share a little article. But number two, I'm super excited because next week is our Stop Waiting, Start Creating workshop. Yes, yes, yes. If I had the air horn, you'd hear it (laughs) right now. But Stop Waiting, Start Creating is really for all of my Black, Indigenous, and other women of color who are interested in, you know, taking the ideas, the innovations, the thoughts that they have, and really saying, can I make this into an enterprise? And can I actually make into an enterprise that actually can get funded and really can have the impact especially when we talk about things being limited or not really being able to scale or have the vision that you see it because of where you are and thinking about how you can really move into that space of potential social entrepreneurship, whether that be as a consultant, speaker, a direct care services provider, trainer, whatever that looks like for you, but saying that I do have the ability to move into that space and helping us get there and how can we do that in a streamlined way. So I love doing this workshop. It is on February 28th, the last day of Black History Month, you know, proper. (laughs) And it's at 8 p.m. Eastern. So if you have not signed up for this, you can go to our website, www.melaninandmedicine.co, or, and you'll see it right there at the top of the page, or you can go to bit.ly, bit.ly forward slash start creating now. Okay. So either of those, but I want you to do that. Otherwise, let's get into hot topics and then we'll talk about how we can get more of your work visible out there and really making the impact and reach that it can. All right. Okay. So let's talk about some hot topics. Yes. You're going to talk about some hot topics today. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to center on an article that I think it came out. I'm just trying to make sure. I think it came out on the 16th. So February 16th, there was an article in the New York Times written by Roni Karen Rabin. And basically, I, I, I was drawn to this article because I was like, don't we know this already? Like, is this something that, like, we, what was new about this? So the article's titled, Doctors Are More Likely to Describe Black Patients as Uncooperative Studies Find. And, you know, I feel like for many of us who have been in this space, definitely around health equity, understanding 
the different behaviors during clinical encounters that, you know, disconcordant um, patient providers have. So if so, meaning a white provider with a black patient, um, how those are very different and can be very stigmatizing in terms of encounters compared to a black patient, black provider per se. And so this article actually talked a bit about these two large new studies that were done and um, they actually profiled Dr. Dean Schillinger. He is at the Center for Vulnerable Populations at San Francisco General Hospital. And they talked about how many patients um, in these two studies, basically they were seeing more and more of the medical records of Black patients having much more negative uh, wording, uh, non-compliant, non-adherent, failure, refused, um, you know, and I think this is really interesting because the way that they talk about it, of course, this study actually was published in Health Affairs. So um, I think it was 40,000 notes for over 18,000 adult patients. And it was done at a large urban medical center in Chicago between January 2019 and October 2020. And so they had like 8% of all patients had what they called derogatory terms, at least one or more. And they would use, they, they classified some of these as refused or agitated. And it wasn't the fact that they were concerned that you should never use these words, but the frequency of them happening for Black patients was really over the top um, in terms of just seeing it much more. I think they were two and a half times as likely to have one negative descriptive term used in their electronic health record in this analysis. And one of the things that was really interesting is, you know, something that I talk about a lot about how many times because of time constraints, a lot of us don't, you know, if we're not trained to kind of think broadly and think about the fact that social issues or unmet social needs, mental mental health, you know, are, are, are contributors to potentially how people can show up during these encounters and not doing the work and not having either the time or the capacity or even the knowledge to, to do that work of asking those questions, such as, you know, whether there are financial barriers, transportation difficulties, is there issue with language concordance, unemployment? What else is going on that potentially could be seeding the, the reaction or the encounter? And when we don't do that routinely, then that allows for us to now see records that have these negative connotations. And one of the things that they alluded to, which I think is really astute, is the fact that most of us as, as healthcare providers, we go to the record first. We go to the chart first to see, okay, who am I taking care of? What's happening? And if you're seeing negative connotations, you're already primed to go in that encounter in a different way than if you were not seeing those words. And so that has this circular snowball effect, right? Where people go in and they may be more defensive. They may be more frustrated. They may, in terms of the, the provider, you know, they may um, not push as much with certain patients to like uncover because they may feel it's futile or other things like that. And so it then becomes this snowball where certain things aren't 
discovered or aren't disclosed because the clinical encounter has been muddied. And so I just think it's important for us to really think about this um, in terms of, you know, as we create interventions, as we do all of this work, really going back inside that clinical encounter too, and really making sure that this kind of, that people are more aware and knowledge and knowledgeable about how they are perceiving and writing and discussing patients, um, especially patients of color. And also, I think for for us to have more um, courage in terms of battling this and talking through this and asking, I like to say there was this terminology that was taught to me in, in my leadership training called TED, TED questions. Tell me, explain to me, describe to me when I'm hearing things that I don't necessarily agree with and I'm worried about. And I'm, so I'll use those TED questions to help probe and allow for that person to help either for them to see, it, does this make sense to you as well? Or, or, you know, or not, right? But I think that's extremely important. So I wanted to bring up that article. I hope that you guys get a chance to read it because I think it's just important. And I'm, I'm probably... I'm probably going to share it on my Twitter, <laughs> but I wanted to make sure that you all um, had had some knowledge of it um, because I do think it's really important for not just physicians, but all healthcare providers and in the work that we do of how we're training people in our spaces to really make sure that they're equitably treating people in the right way and documenting as such. So that was it. I hope you guys take a look at it. Um, And we'll have this, of course, as usual, in the show notes for you. All right. So we're going to talk about visibility. Okay. And, you know, I alluded to this when we started the episode. But when we realize that, you know, we have something that is exciting, whether that is research and intervention that you've started and, and it's really taken off, visibility is one of the things that can really help us to make sure that that doesn't stay in a vacuum, right? But visibility also requires for us to put ourselves out there and put our ideas out there and potentially know that, you know, not everyone is going to agree, but also being able to say that, you know, there are a whole bunch of people who are going to benefit and so what I've found is that, you know, being more of a generalist as we think, you know, in terms of like who you are and what you do sometimes can sabotage visibility. And so I, I want you all to think about the fact that as I think about visibility, I think why I want this to be a focus for you this year is I want you to think about what would it look like if the work that you were doing and the great results that you were getting for specific patients um, and communities of color could actually happen in multiple spaces and have that multiplier effect? How does that make you feel? Does it make you feel really great? Um, If so, then I do want you to start thinking about, you know, how how is this solution related to my master plan or my vision? Because I do think that it's important for us to make sure that, as I alluded to in our last podcast episode, that you're doing your extraordinary work, right? And that the work that you're spending that time on 
is really potentially work that you want to be known for, work that you want to really get very deep into. And so that's what I mean by in terms of how can you shift during this journey of doing health equity work? How can you shift from being a generalist to a specialist, right? And what is the niche? Um, I'll talk a little bit later about how do you identify your niche, but we can start with, of course, your extraordinary work, the work that, of course, you do well, that is meaningful, that also excites you. And then also, as we discussed last week, is also something that you've seen make impact. And so when you have those three things together, that kind of isolates a special place, uh, a special type of work that you either have done, but maybe have not had the time to really explore, but it represents a space that probably is the space where we need to move you closer to, because that sounds like the place where you can probably not only make the most impact, but really find the most joy and sustain that work. And so one of the things that, you know, I think is very important for us is that we need to make sure that we are thinking about the problem that we resonate with in in terms of health disparities. What is the problem that is, you know, on your mind every day, all day? And thinking about how can you get even deeper in that and also thinking about what is your method in terms of how you move from that problem and how you believe it is solved. Okay. So why I'm saying this is because everyone under the sound of my voice should actually have a framework for how they go from the problem that's a hot mess (laughs) to how they either have solved it in the past or are in the process through their research showing how they solve it. Um, But you want to be able to say that that is a space that you feel like you can be in fully and and holy. So what I mean by that for me has always been around community health equity. Um, I, even you know in my early career when I was traveling and doing a lot of work outside the country, my focus was always on access and utilization and thinking about and what I found was that communities, community partnerships, community outreach, community strategy, um, it just seemed to help me get to that goal of looking at marginalized populations that don't have great access and don't have um, the the numbers that we see in terms of utilization and thinking about how one of the levers that I think is really important is how do we um, engage and allow for the community's assets to be leveraged in order for the that you know problem to be to be solved and so that was one of the the pieces and so what i want you to think about is the problem that stays on your mind what are and i always like to think in threes when i work with my clients i'm always like when we work on the framework which is one of our first processes in building their social enterprise the first thing i say is i want you to just think of three right three things that you think, the three steps, the three levers, (laughs) whatever it is that go, that help, that you think are essential for the big problem that is on your mind to be solved. And I want you to think about 
those three things as big buckets that you feel like you can just go to town in and just go in the weeds because those become elements that now you're able to talk through and kind of want one thing I would say is just get known for right? Whether it's the framework itself, right? That you name it and say that this is my framework of how we do this, or whether it's just, this is the transformation that I want, right? And so I'm going to talk about that. So let's say, for example, when I gave my example, healthcare access and utilization, right? That is the space. That is it. I want better healthcare access and I want more people being able to use um, their work, their work, their their uh, healthcare, and being able to use healthcare that's out there in a space that's dignified, um, in spaces that are responsive, you know, and being able to have like all of the care that they need, right? And I think that from that, I I would identify what are the three core things that I think are going to be absolutely necessary for that to happen. And then that's where I stay, right? So that will be my bubble of a place where I can go deep, I can focus, I can look at what potential opportunities are there in terms of where people are speaking about this, um, who are the people who are interested in that problem and getting that problem solved. So then it allows for me to now be able to niche and fine tune where I'm finding opportunities also to allow me to not just go for any opportunity um, that shows up at my door, but now being able to say, does this fit with, you know, X, Y, Z, which are, which is my bubble, which is my specialty. And this is extremely important in terms of reach because what that does is not only allow for you to do that, but it allows others to come to you because they know you are the person who does this specific thing. And I know that when people are building enterprises or building businesses or nonprofits, they're worried that being too niche means that people won't be able to, you know, you won't be able to survive. Like there's not going to be enough people who are coming to you or, or who are interested in that, that topic. And I'm just going to say, I haven't found that to be the case. I've found that it's much easier. And also I've found as well that your work becomes a lot more valuable because you're not talking about everything. You've gone into the weeds in this specific area or this specific field. Um, And so, you know, I think that it's really important that you develop a structure on how to get from A to B. That's the framework, right? And we talked about the three things. And so you want to think, when you were thinking about a framework, you want to think about the three things that get people from the problem to the solution. You want to think about these three things as the core of what you speak about. And then you also want to be able to make sure that this um, this is consistent in whether you're speaking, whether you're doing, um, you know, talks, whether you have earned media opportunities, whether you're talking content on, you know, social media. Uh, and, and you also want it to be a, a space where, like, as when people look at what you're participating in, that 
you can now this doesn't mean you don't you you can't participate in anything else of course i'm a complete polymath and i like have so many things global health community health <laughs> um of course like you know work life integration and supporting women of color um in healthcare i have so many things right but when i'm thinking about the work that you know potentially that I want to become my livelihood, um, the work that I want to be my like work, work, career work, right? I want to get really specific about that. I don't want to say that I talk about asthma and I talk about, you know, um, eye problems and I talk about community health equity because unfortunately it doesn't allow for people to really see kind of the depth and the value. And you can make this really akin to kind of a specialist, right? You have asthma, you'll go maybe to a general pediatrician, but like when it's really dire, you might have to go to a, a pulmonologist, right? Um, to really get in the weeds. And, the, and that will be more valuable in terms of how much you might have to pay or what you might have to put in in order to see that person. It might be harder to like get that information because they're able to go more in the weeds than that generalist on that specific topic. And, and so I want you all to think about what that is for you. And I want you to start to make a specific um, vow to yourself to, to think about the fact that if that topic is so meaningful to you, how can I make sure that the solution that I think is going to work, how can I make sure more people know about it? And the way more people will know about it is when you are like a broken record, <laughs> when you are wherever you are, you're like, oh, you know, she's going she's gonna to somehow tie in, fill in the blank, right? That's how you want people to, people see you and then they know, oh, she's going to talk about this. So if you're listening to this podcast, You've probably at one time or another thought about starting your own health equity enterprise. It could be a consulting firm or maybe speaking or training or even starting your own practice. Or maybe you've already started this work, but you're desperately trying to scale and grow it. Invariably, I've found that there are usually two things that always stand in the way, money and mindset. What if you could learn a way to get access to the capital without taking out loans stealing from your income, or retirement. Now you're listening. Great. It's time for you to get the Funding Your Healthcare Vision Workshop Bundle. This bundle includes three back-to-back info workshops that address the mindset shifts, funding resources, and the strategy needed to secure hundreds of thousands of dollars in funding, along with two bonus panel workshops where you can learn directly from the women in healthcare who have already blazed this trail in getting funding needed to fuel their justice-centered dreams. So we believe that you can create a massive impact in your communities and the world and forever change the way we deliver healthcare. So we invite you today to get the workshop bundle and start or scale your space in the healthcare justice movement. You can go to bit.ly B-I-T, dot L-Y, forward slash funding workshop bundle. That's bit.ly forward slash funding workshop bundle. Get your bundle today. That's a really exciting space to be in. Um, it also can be overwhelming and I don't want you to feel confined, never feeling confined to something, but 
starting to think about at this point, where do you feel led? And always knowing that you can check in and, you know, in a few years, it might, that might not be your jam and you shift, you know, but I do think it is important um, for us to make sure that we get our ideas heard and our solutions, especially those of us of color, who a lot of times aren't being put in spaces where we can really either share or where we can be in the decision-making table. And these outlets, whether it be social media, whether it be podcasting, blogging, are really great outlets, you know, whether it be getting a, a, a spot on uh, our media are great outlets to go outside of traditional paths, which can be, you know, journals or, you know, um, conferences and to, to really say, you know what, I'm going to choose all paths and I'm going to really make sure that I talk about this in particular so that people are drawn to me and people are led to me when they need to hear about how to fix that specific problem. So, in conclusion, <laughs> in conclusion, I want you to think about as your homework, what is the transformation that you want to make? That's the problem to the solution. What is that? And what are the three pillars? What's in your theory of change? I like to call it. Let me make it fancy. But what are the three pillars that you think are extremely important for making that, that specific change? Um, the other thing that I think is also important is to know that this is very scary, right? It can seem very scary because yes, it's important to, you know, talk about many things um, and you don't want to, you don't want health equity or the space of health equity, whatever your space is to feel like this is the end all be all solution. We know that's not true, right? We, but it's also like, we know that each of us has a part to play and when we play, when we take too much on as one person that is in this movement, in this health justice movement, it can, it, it doesn't allow for us to be as effective, right? And it allows for us to say, this is the space where I want to be, right? And I have like some colleagues where I'm like, oh, if you want to hear anti-Black racism training, okay, you need to talk to this person. Oh, if you want to hear this, you need to talk to this person. And that's exciting. And that's how you want your colleagues to be able to talk about you. And it also helps them to sponsor you. So even if you're not in the room and they hear something, they're like, oh, you know who has to who has to be here? This person. And that's how opportunities and visibility happens for you. Okay? So what does this look like in practicality? This looks like probably having to start thinking about how you can change your bio, your profile, um, how you can change your signature, right? And other things like that. Um, it also might be on what kind of articles that you have Google alerts for. So you can read and be at the top of your game in that specific space. And, you know, that's extremely important. And so I do want you to think about as you do this work, think about once you have the pillars and the transformation and the place you want to focus, do, does where I what does what I look like online and even on my CV, you know, does it resonate? Does it like, is it a match? Is it congruent or not? And that is extremely important, right? So that then we can show up on blogs, podcasts, YouTube, um, uh, conferences, whatever it is. And you can show up with that, like basically just 
continuing to crystallize and solidify your your part in the health health justice movement in that specific space that you've chosen. Always knowing though that you know in a few years or even in a few months things might shift and you might shift and that's perfectly okay. But I just want to make sure that you're not sitting in your bubble and not able to let us all be blessed by the amazingness of what you're crafting in your mind and what you think the solution to some of these huge problems that we have that are affecting our communities. What what are the problems and what are the solutions that they need? All right. So I'm super always, always happy to help you with this in any way. As you know, we have a form as our business profitability assessment. So as you're thinking about Ooh, I think I want to be a consultant in this area. I think I want to be a speaker in this area. I think I want to, you know, provide direct care services or, you know, have a practice or something in this area, this specific area. Um, let's talk about it. Fill out a form. Okay. So you can literally go to bit.ly, bit.ly forward slash mm discovery form. And that's where you can find our our business profitability assessment. And in that assessment, you just share kind of what you've been thinking about. And we actually will give you feedback, um, you know, free of charge. We're just going to give you feedback, video feedback, where we just talk through the idea, what we think, where you might need to tweak. And then we, of course, always have our incubator, which is a support if people feel like they actually need actual guided support to do the framework, to build the business, to launch it, to grow it. We're always here for you. And I'm just super excited for you in this movement. And so, you know, as I think about this, one of the big things that I think is really important and an affirmation that I do want you to take with you today is that you and your solution deserve to be seen. You deserve to be seen. The work you do deserves to be seen. And that is all that matters. Okay. And so I never want you to sit in a space and feel like, oh, you know, is this like some, is this does this deserve the light of day? Is this something, you know, I just, I I think this, but I don't know if this is something that really is huge or life-changing. And I truly want to say that the, the work, the thing that you are working on, it deserves to be seen. Okay. So I love you guys. And I hope that you really benefited from this. Let me know. And as usual, Thank you for the love already, but make sure you review, okay, please. And, and you know, you can be, it's okay if, if you like, well, I have a review, but I need to tell you some things to change. <laughs> that is fine. We take all types of reviews, but definitely head over to Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, please. If you like this, if you're loving season two, subscribe to us. Make sure you review and rate so that then we can move up into visibility and make sure other people can hear this, especially if it's helping you. And don't forget to share this with somebody. Share it with at least one person, okay? We truly appreciate you and thank you. And so I will see you next week and keep on keeping on in the health justice movement. See you later.
So I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope you loved listening as much as we love creating it for you. Before you go, we'd love if you could subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on the Apple Podcast channel. That is how other people get to know about the gems that are in here. And also make sure that you share it with a friend. If you were inspired, don't feel stuck. We actually have our Melanin and Medicine Discovery Forum as a place where you can share what you're thinking about and get feedback from our team about what resources might be helpful. So make sure you check it out at our website, melaninandmedicine.co, or go straight to the forum at bit.ly, B-I-T forward slash M-M discovery forum. You can choose your adventure. Otherwise, I will see you next week for another episode about how we continue and sustain the health justice movement and continue to do the work that you are called to do. See you next week.